Yeah, but who are you to teach about budgeting? You're not Dave Ramsey or Susie Orman. Hey there, Home Slice. You're listening to the Do the Brave Thing online business podcast, where it is our soul and soul's mission to eradicate this idea that nice people finish last in business and to put money in the hands of good people so they can do good with it. And hey, you're listening, so that makes you a good, nice person. And I want to make sure that you can get your products and services, whether they're just an idea in your head or something you are currently selling out to the massive in a way where they just want to throw their credit cards at you all of the time. And actually, thank you for taking their money. This podcast is going to give you dangerously actionable tips to do just that, but we're also going to work on your mindset because yeah, sure, you can use contractions in your emails to sound less robotic, but if you can't find the time to write something or keep on second guessing yourself and never hit send, well, it doesn't much matter anyways. You're also going to hear inspiring stories from other online business owners who dared to do the brave thing because when you default to doing the brave thing, you are going to see massive growth in your business. Now let's get to it. Well, welcome back, my Do the Brave Thing Home Slices. Kate Doster here of katedoster.com. And this week's sort of mini episode is brought to you by our 10 ways to casually sell to your email list paid training that is going on live April 13th. And you are going to be able to snag a sort of live pre launch price, if you will, of $12 as long as you purchase before the 13th of April, because I am actually going to be selling the replay for hire. And if you get the live ticket, you get the replay for free. So do not worry. I, of course, have templates to go over every one of those casual methods that I have. So that way you can just sort of grab and go and there will be examples. And honestly, I think I've thought of a couple more casual sort of selling methods. So if you are in between big launches, if you don't want to do necessarily a giant flash sale with like huge, huge discounts, and you just want to actually get more revenue, which who doesn't, you're going to be able to utilize all of these methods. Most of them you can do with just affiliate stuff. If that's where you're currently at in your business, but definitely, definitely. These are ones that if you have products or services, if they're new, if they're old, whatever you got lying around, we are going to make you some cash with it in ways that are just, well, casual, but the results can be pretty amazing. So these are great ways to get some cash injections in between sort of your bigger promotional periods that you have going on. So you can head on over to katedoster.com forward slash 10 hyphen ways. That'll be the first link in the show notes to snag your seat and save y'all at least 50%. So I think I'm going to end up selling the replay maybe for 47. Um, but definitely it's going to be $24 or more. So, you know, for a fact, you're saving at least 50%, possibly 75. So I wanted to talk today. It was inspired not only by a question that got asked inside of the Love Your List group coaching experience, but also when I was writing up the content for the workshop. And basically it was a listy and I'm not going to give her exact industry, but she was sort of suffering from that. Like, who am I to be able to teach and help people with this topic? Because like, I've only sort of done it for myself and I don't necessarily have, you know, like letters and um, accreditations behind my name. And I think that this is something that you might not realize that pretty much everyone suffers from. Y'all, Maya Angelou, after writing and publishing 11 books, still thought one of these days they're going to realize I'm a fraud and that I've been running game on them and they're going to like take everything away. Mike Myers, same thing. Like the fraud and talent police are coming at me. Tina Fey, Michelle Obama, for God's sake, Michelle Obama, who's like the coolest ever also suffered from imposter syndrome. And so I want you to just realize that if this is something that is happening currently right now, if it has been a habitual problem that cycles through, that you are not alone, you're actually in really great company. And I feel like this ties in a little bit to, I call it the Dunder Mifflin effect, 
but truly it's dunder cooler effect. I'll make sure to link to it down below here, where the more you know about a topic, the more you realize you don't know, and that's sort of where that sort of imposter syndrome comes from, right? So you're taking your own actual results that you have gotten, your accomplishments, and you tend to belittle them, either because you think that they are so easy, so how can anyone find this hard? Or for some reason, you're just thinking of yourself that like you're less capable. Though we all know that you can do hard things because you hang out here with me. So before we get into some ways to be able to sort of combat this imposter syndrome, and again, this may or may not be one of those like habitual cycling issues that we're gonna have to dig deeper down to, I wanted to just quickly define Kate's own definition of a fraud versus imposter syndrome. Now, chances are, if you are feeling imposter syndrome, you are not a fraud because most frauds do not give two craps whatsoever about anyone. They'll just bulldoze over it. They do not care that they are lying, stealing, cheating. Frauds don't care. They just don't care, right? So you would only be a fraud if you decided that you wanted to sell a course on how to start a five-figure blog and you've never made five figures with your blog. Congratulations, you're a fraud. Okay, so you shouldn't have imposter syndrome. You're being shady. Now, if you're in that sphere, but like, Kate, I really, really love blogging about blogging, but I haven't had that yet. Well, if you were going to sell a product about blogging, what have you accomplished, right? It could just be starting up your blog. So it could just be a mini course that's going over how to get the hosting, how to get the WordPress, how to publish your first blog post, okay? And I think that people think, oh, if I don't have these big flashy results, this goes into the imposter, not the fraud, because the fraud again doesn't care. But the person who feels that they're an imposter always looks because there's always somebody bigger, there's always somebody better, that sort of who am I? And we're going to deal with that who am I in a second. But I want to get back to that fraud. So no, you cannot sell anything based on something you have not done. And if you're in that, but Kay, like I really love blogging, like we were talking about, Go and actually implement the strategies that you had to have learned from somebody else because clearly you haven't done them yourself so you don't have any experience. Implement them and document your journey. I think where people, especially when they want to be a personal brand, they belittle how much people love watching other people succeed. Which again, I know that toxic internet culture, you think everyone just wants to drag everybody down. But like when you are that reporter being like, okay guys, I went ahead and I pitched 60 guests blog post this entire time or hey guys I'm going to set a timer and I am going to clean my entire kitchen in five minutes right like you don't have to be Martha Stewart or like I wouldn't even know like who's the grand poom of cleaning <laughs> of cleaning right an organization maybe um Marie Kondo although I know she's 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 come back and said that she retracted a couple things after having kids which big up to her I'm glad that she could admit it I think that's super awesome and very brave of her you don't have to be these big, bold figures because here's the truth about your audience, right? They are going to see somebody like the Marie Kondos, like the Mel Robbins, like, because, you know, for my life coaches, like, you know, the Elizabeth Gilberts, right? And they're going to think, I am so far away from Mel Roberts' status that everything she said might have worked for her, but it's not going to work for me. Or like in the health and wellness space, right? You look at a health coach and they have like a ridiculous body. Maybe they've done a bodybuilding show. For the record, bodybuilders would be the first one to tell you they're not healthy. It's an extreme sport, right? But who is somebody who maybe is a mom who's been in a bigger body, especially after having her kids, who may or may not have some relationship issues with food, who is she going to feel more comfortable with? 
in an actual coaching environment, somebody who's been, you know, thick, like really super skinny their entire life, very athletic, and now they've been on stage, or another mom who's maybe midway through her journey, maybe she's not in her dream bod, but she is showing consistency when she can. She is normalizing things like scale fluctuations. I guarantee to you that they are going to feel more comfortable and want to be with somebody who more resembles where they are or where they started from. Okay? Now, obviously, you want to make sure if you're dealing with certain health situations, yeah, you should probably, if you're going to like give people exercise plans and all those sorts of stuff, probably should get some letters behind your name to make sure you're not actually hurting people. Like, yes, that's true. But if you are, say, somebody who suffered from a midlife crisis or a quarter life crisis and you were able to get yourself through it, you can tell people that these are the things that worked for you. You are going to walk your walk and you can admit your flaws. I think that's where a lot of imposter syndrome comes up where it's like, well, like I can't possibly tell people how to meal prep. Um, I'm looking at my moms who help other moms because like I don't do it every week. That's okay. You can have a blog post or an email or two every now and then be like, y'all, I know we talk about meal prep here, but I gotta tell you, have not done it for the last two weeks. And here's the things that got in my way, and here's how I'm gonna get better. You are not all of a sudden this giant imposter syndrome. Now, again, if you are trying to, say, do marriage counseling and you're getting a divorce, I will not name the influencer, we're all thinking it, then yeah, dude, you're a giant fraud. If you are honest and you stop selling <laughs> the marriage stuff and have been like, you know, things have been a little bit rocky, we've been working through here, here, and here, but ultimately, like, you know, this is going to happen again, probably at the time they were happy, hopefully. And things just did not work out. Again, that's the difference between a fraud and feeling like you are an imposter. And where this sort of feeling of the imposter comes from, because I wanted to handle that logical first, is just because it's sort of that least resistant path in your brain, right? We talked about the trash can thoughts um, a while ago when we had my friend face Mariah on like three episodes ago. I've, we've had Mariah on a lot because I love Mariah. Um, Faith Mariah. So we talked about how somebody will say like, I'm lazy. Like that's Kate's trash thought is that I'm lazy. And Faith's was, everybody hates me, right? So your brain always likes to go in the path of least resistance because its job as a brain is to conserve as much energy as humanly possible. That's why we have habits. That's why we don't know necessarily how we got home. Um, it's like, we know that we were driving and we know that we were safe because we weren't under the influence of anything. But like, we don't remember like, the trees that we saw or other cars or any of that. Because again, the brain is all about conserving energy to be able to survive us. So we, if we are constantly feeling like this imposter, not only do we need to give it a little bit of evidence, which comes from action, y'all, but we need to actually feed it a new pathway. We need to realize that imposter syndrome is just a thought and we are allowed to change our feelings towards that thought. Okay, like let's think of another. It is just a thought and we are allowed to take away its power and not hold anything over us. Are you going to be 100% all the time? No. But as anyone will tell you, 80, 60, catching yourself. The more that you catch yourself and interrupt this pattern or bring back like, why? Why, why am I, I feeling like an imposter? Oh, because maybe I dealt with somebody who was dishonest and that felt really bad and I don't want to be that for other people. Well, I'm going to be honest and I'm going to make that in my marketing. Like, look, I don't have this. I just have real world experience. There are so many people that just want a real world experience. They're just looking for a genuine connection for somebody, again, who's not a fraud. Again, fraud versus somebody with imposter syndrome. It is so, so different. Okay. 
Was there some situation in your life where you always felt like you were less capable? Did people speak down to you? That is something that you're going to have to address. You might not want to, and you might not realize like, oh, damn, when I was in third grade and that teacher said I was going nowhere, not that anybody should, like that really sort of messed me up. Or again, if you had sort of, you know, I hate to use the word toxic, but if you had toxic family members or friends or that situation, like, again, we just need to recognize the pattern. We don't need to judge it. We don't need to judge us. We don't need to judge what effect that it might've had or how much weight we used to give it. We don't need to give it that weight anymore and we can give it less and less. So it might be something like if you're suffering from this part of a soft posture syndrome being like, I'm capable because literally like write that out every day. I'm capable because, and come up with one evidence point. And you might be like, there's absolutely nothing. You're capable because you managed to make yourself a cup of coffee. You managed to buy said coffee. You're capable because you know what? You were able to take apart the vacuum cleaner when you were six and put it back together and it still worked. I don't know. It's your brain's job now to try to find evidence to prove the statement that I am capable. Now, the other half of this imposter syndrome, because as you see, like it's, it's like an onion, dude. It's like an onion. Is that if you have always been a high achiever, you have unrealistic expectations, not only of yourself, but of the world around you. <laughs> And you, ironically, are belittling all of your accomplishments because things may or may not have seemed very hard to you. Or what it could have been is, (laughs) well, I was put in a tough situation and I had no choice but to sink or swim. And so I swam. So now that I have been swimming, nothing else seems very hard, right? Like people will ask in particular, like real life mirroring here, they'll ask about like my health journey And in particular about like the eating, like, you know, was it hard? Was no, no, 1000% it was not. What was hard was growing this business. What was hard was when I was transitioning from getting clients into courses and not having a big enough audience, wondering how am I going to feed everyone because the offerings that I did have, because I suffered from imposter syndrome, because I didn't know if I'd be able to get other people results without me physically doing the writing, which was like stupid because that just proved I didn't believe my audience, which is a whole nother can of worms is how am I going to feed everyone? Cause it, it was me. My husband was over to stay at home dad. Like I remember crying on the bedroom floor. So like to me, that was hard. Getting through that was hard. Pulling myself together. That was hard. Choosing something to eat versus not choosing something to eat. Not hard. Making that decision to go to the gym or not. And you're going to find that there are certain things in your life when you actually go back and look at it. Like, no oh, man. Or like I had both of my kids extremely close together. They were 17 months apart. And people are like, how did you do it? I'm like, as cliche as it sounds like a day at a time, I was a shell of a person for a while. Can't, can't lie there. Uh, there was more than a couple of days where I did not sleep for 24 hours plus. Yeah, yeah it's, it's rough. But we went through it and we got through it. And you can do hard things and you can give yourself credit for doing hard things and not just brushing it off like, oh yeah. Well, I guess. Do I think that everyone is capable of doing what I did? Yeah. But do I think everyone has a stomach for it? No. I do think that there are some people that are not made to be entrepreneurs, if that makes sense. I don't think that you're born an entrepreneur. I think you are made an entrepreneur. Like I have some best friends and I love them the whole heart and soul, but they have no desire and they love the stability. 
They might hate their jobs, but they love the stability of that paycheck, of that 401k, of that health insurance. They have no desire to deal with the volatility and unpredictability that being a business owner can have and that responsibility. Meanwhile, I'm like, woo, I would never go ever again. That seems like the worst. Like, I mean, I've, no, I wouldn't. I would go on Upwork. <laughs> I'd be a freelancer. I, I can't lie to you guys. No, I couldn't go back to a traditional job, but that's okay. Right? So with this talk about imposter syndrome, and that, that's really what this is, just like this download of, we just, we just have to talk about it. Stop belittling your experience. Again, notice how that's the key, the difference, and I'm going to keep saying this, the difference between a fraud and an imposter, right? Experience. Maya Angelou had the body of work, okay? If you want to sell a course on how to write and publish a book, and you've done that, you've written and published a book, then you have the right to be able to share your experience. Would I still use your experience and frameworks to go ahead and publish another book? Probably. And I would not have your first book be how to publish a book. Just saying, fraudy, right? Your second book could be the how to publish that ebook in five days or whatever it is. Again, notice how we are combating this with actual bodies of evidence. Now, I know that you're going to belittle that body of evidence and you need to stop doing it. You need to remind yourself how capable you are and how you are just going to lead with honesty if you are in more of the beginning stages of your business. Or if, like you said, you're not always perfect. Like, again, there's no one that's going to come down and be like, you get to help moms deal with spirited kids. If you have a spirited kid and you have learned techniques and tricks and you have actually put these things into practice and some worked and some didn't work, People just want to realize that they're not alone, dude. Like they just do. So you're going to share your experience. You're going to be honest. Be like, look, I'm living in the trenches like you are right here. I don't have any fancy PhDs. Now, all of a sudden, everyone who's like, well, I'm not a kid psychologist. Like I could get this wrong. Now, all of a sudden, they are going to feel like they are more capable because you are being honest with what you consider the skeletons. But there are no skeletons, right? They're the things that hold us up. They're fine. So I hope that this episode really gets you thinking about where in your life, particularly in your business, that you are letting imposter syndrome come up. And again, this might not be a constant thing that you're battling it. It might just be like, well, like, who am I to like speak at like a, a six-figure conference, right? Well, dude, like you did it, right? Like you've sold over a million dollars worth of courses. Oh yeah. <laughs> and to be able to think about those things and to not belittle your accomplishment and to realize that what you might consider easy could potentially be considered really hard for others. Okay. And you can do this. I'm going to tell you this to everyone in the face. You are capable. You did not just get lucky. You have not just tricked people or beaten this system. And if this thought comes up, identify it. Like they talk about atomic habits, right? Identify it and be like, imposter syndrome thought. I'm going to change the way I feel about this. What, what, what's the circumstances here? What, what caused this? Oh, you know what? They talk about having that thresholds for too much good. And now all of a sudden, you know, I was fine when I was just making, you know, a couple hundred dollars, but now all of a sudden I've got like a thousand and all this sort of stuff, right? It is okay. It is okay. Just don't let it prevent you from helping other people. You do not know how much sharing your stories, the things that you have tried, what you did in your situation. And especially if you're one of my coaches, the whole point of coaching 
isn't to fix people. It is to challenge them and ask them questions. That's it. It is to challenge them, be a sounding board, give them a little bit of direction, but you are giving them the tools so they can be able to solve things by themselves. So that is it for me for this episode. I heart you guys as always. Again, make sure that if you want to learn how to casually sell to your email list, you go ahead and snag it for our pre-live pricing of only $12 by heading on over to katedoster.com forward slash 10 ways, and I will see you next week. And you're not a fraud or you wouldn't have listened to this episode. Well, look at that action taker. You made it all the way to the end. Kudos to you. So if you want to keep this do the brave thing momentum going, because let's be real, sure, listening to a 25 to 30 minute podcast can definitely get you amped, but what are you going to do the rest of the week? Make sure you're following me over on Instagram, Kate underscore Doster. There's a link in the bio. And if you absolutely love this episode, it would be fantastic if you could leave us a rating and review or share a screenshot and tag us on your Instagram stories. I'll see you next week. Later days.